After losing to Texas A&M, suddenly the Missouri Tigers really need a victory against Mississippi State but with an undermanned backcourt. How likely is that and how are we looking heading into March? Let's talk about it coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And with LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And I have to say, if you had told me before that Aggies game on Saturday at Missouri Arena that Texas A&M would have had 21 turnovers. You know, I would have thought Missouri would have won pretty comfortably, especially with Kobe Brown continuing his his streak of incredible shooting from downtown, knocking down five three-pointers in the game. But unfortunately, obviously, Texas A&M took the lead there late second half and, and never relented. You got to give them a lot of credit without a doubt. And, and, and in fact, I think they're a lot better than they've gotten credit for by a lot of analysts so far. I'm, I'm among those people who's a little bit confused as to why the they had a couple bad losses in the non-conference season for sure. But the idea that a team that is locked into the second place, second seed in the SEC to end the season isn't going to be in the NCAA tournament. I mean, come on, that's crazy. They're definitely going to make the field, but Regardless, Missouri, I thought, you know, it just got really hard for them offensively at the end of the game. Obviously, you know, to say it for the millionth time, folks, I don't have any inside knowledge on Isaiah Mosley. I wish I did. I wish I knew it was going on, but he's not here right now. That's the bottom line. I believe the third straight game that Mosley has missed, and indeed, this could have easily been Missouri's third straight loss in a row. If Golston doesn't hit a fairly incredible shot against Tennessee, well, this would have been Missouri's third straight loss. And I think why you're seeing Missouri struggle a little bit here is fairly simple. It's a lack of depth on the perimeter. With Mosley out, well, you're down a scorer, you're down a ball handler, and also with Trey Gomillion not being able to play, I know some people have soured on Trey a little bit. I'm not one of them. I still think he's an important part of this rotation. And you saw in this most recent game, Trey only able to play three minutes in the ball game, had a turnover, didn't take a shot. So obviously he was a complete non-factor. And I think when, frankly, Nick Honor at this point is starting to seem a little bit tired to me. And he hasn't shot the ball well in SEC play either. You look at his three-point shooting on the year and you think, okay, he's shooting 39% on the season, but in SEC play, it's around 26% or so. That's not quite getting it done, obviously. And when Sean East doesn't have it going, it just puts a lot of pressure on Honor as the one-point guard on this team, essentially. Again, when East doesn't have it going, which he he didn't really against Texas A&M. 
Also, East, not a particularly good three-point shooter, to say the least, but he's really, really good inside of the three-point arc. One of the best in the conference, in, the, in, in fact, I would say, scoring inside the arc and also making his free throws when he gets to the line as well. So I really like Sean East, but then, again, other than that, who do you have? Because Demoy Hodge, as much as I love Demoy Hodge, and he had a good ball game for sure on Saturday, He's not a playmaker. He's not a guy who's going to get his own shot or really set anybody else up too often. He's great away from the ball, getting off quick three-pointers and cutting back door, that kind of thing. I love him as a player, but again, with those guys out of commission, it just makes it hard on Missouri right now, especially when DeAndre Golston in the second half, I haven't seen anybody on the Missouri beat really talk about this. It wasn't brought up in the postseason by, or excuse me, in the post game by Dennis Gates or anyone else, but it was pretty clear to me that DeAndre Golston had an injured left elbow, left arm, something like that in the second half. Because if you may have noticed, if you were at the game, several people did notice this, including my dad who was at the game with me. Well, Golston was clearly favoring that left arm. He was clearly getting it re-wrapped, some kind of treatment on it. And at one point, you know, he took a shot warming up that was well short. I mean, a couple three feet short. And it just seemed like there was a couple times where Lord knows DeAndre Golston, as we've said many times, he's a lot of things, but shy when it comes to shooting the basketball is not one of them, and I thought there was a very obvious moment in the second half when he passed up a shot, late shot clock on the left wing, and basically hot potatoed it to Kobe Brown in the corner and gave him a much, much more difficult attempt. I think a healthy Golston would have clearly shot that ball. He just looked compromised to me. So when you go down the stretch there, it's basically Kobe Brown having to do way too much offensively in Texas A&M you know they're just surrounding him the best offense Missouri had was basically hey Kobe Brown trailing the play on a three-pointer just fire it up there and honestly you can make a pretty compelling case at this point that Kobe Brown should be shooting more three-pointers than he is right now he's shooting the ball that well he's shooting the ball I mentioned that honor is not shooting it well in the conference. Well, actually, Kobe keeps getting even better. He's shooting, he's actually number one in the conference, shooting 49% from downtown right now. So, if anything, I'd like to see Kobe get up as many as 10 threes attempted in a ball game the rest of the season. That's been maybe Missouri's best offense consistently for the whole year. And by the way, this incredible barrage of three point shooting that Kobe Brown has put on display. This season, well, it mostly came out of nowhere, too. For his first three seasons at Missouri, he was in the 20%, 25% kind of range. He had never been over 30% as a three-point shooter, so just not a plus part of his game whatsoever. But if you were really paying attention to a bad Missouri season last year, well, you would have noticed that he was over 80% from the free throw line last year on a career high in attempts and kept getting better as the year went along in that, much like his three-point shooting this season. Well, in SEC play, he was nearly 90% from the free throw line. So even though his three-point shooting wasn't a factor his junior year, that does portend 
good things. If you're that high level of a free throw shooter, if you're getting above 80%, even pushing toward 90%, well, that says you've got a great shot. And it is it actually isn't, in retrospect, as much of a surprise that Kobe has improved his three-point shooting this season. It's just a surprise to this extent to be hitting 49% in SEC play so far and 47 on the year. Yeah, this isn't this isn't a coincidence at this point. This is just who he is. He's a really good shooter now. And it's been impressive and it's something that may get him a paycheck in the NBA as well. You never know. And you know, I got to say I was playing the optimist after the Auburn game. I still felt pretty good about Missouri's chances toward the end of the season to be in the field of 68, but obviously a little bit more nervous after dropping a game at home to Texas A&M. So let's talk about what Missouri needs here down the stretch and a little bit about a big-time game for Missouri tomorrow against Mississippi State. But before we get there, let me tell you that as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023, well, that depends on on many factors, but of course, it mostly depends on surrounding yourself with the best people you possibly can. Well, that's why you need LinkedIn jobs so you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals this year. Well, I tell you what, LinkedIn jobs, from my experience, they make it so easy to screen and rate applicants Based on whatever job qualifications you need, you don't want to waste time with the wrong people. Narrow it down, find the right people, make your life easier. And again, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball, everything you need to know about college hoops in one place, less than 30 minutes a day. That's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And I will say, if you want a question or maybe, well, let's just say Use the retroactive hindsight that we all have that is always 2020 to say, well, maybe what could have Missouri have done a little different in that ball game? Again, down the stretch there, it just felt like Honor and DeAndre Golson again with what I perceived was some sort of left arm injury for sure for DeAndre. Just didn't look like himself at all physically in the second half in particular. He looked fine in the first half, but at some point in that first half late, I suppose he must have injured that arm. But anyway, regardless, as I was saying, it was just basically where were you going to get a basket down the stretch? It was basically, well, Kobe's going to have to make something happen and perhaps kick it out to Des Moines Hodge. But other than that, didn't seem like a lot of guys really wanted to shoot. You can't, you can't. You certainly can't count on Mohamed Diara at this point to go get his own basket. Although, you know, I thought Diara played well and gave us a solid 20 minutes for sure. And sometimes when the offense has gotten a little bit slow and discombobulated, as I felt it did for Missouri, especially in that second half, quite a bit. 
and at the start of the game as well, to be fair. Well, sometimes you might think, ah, oh, let's go four guards. And technically, Missouri could have could have done that. You could have gone, you know, East, Honor, Hodge, Golston, and Kobe Brown, for instance. But again, the problem is those are basically the only guards you have on your squad right now. So if you're going to try to play up-tempo that Missouri wants to, especially on defense, they're trying to turn Texas A&M over, which they did effectively, we're going to need some depth at a certain point. Demoy Hodge played 31 minutes in that ball game. He's running around all over the place offensively and defensively. It's hard to imagine that he can play all 40 minutes as effectively as he did in about 31, in my opinion. Same deal. If, if I'm saying Nick Honor is seeming like there's a little bit too much on his plate right now, well, again, you can't ask him to play the entire game, essentially. So to me, actually, the way the game was going, Noah Carter was really attached to the bench there in the second half. I actually would have considered going three forwards there. Put in a third forward. Put in Carter Modiara and Kobe in at the same time because, again, the guards just didn't have it. I'm not saying that's an ideal combination defensively. Texas A&M may have been able to exploit some matchups there, but then again, I think Kobe Brown can defend a perimeter player for a few minutes. I do, especially the way Missouri switches all the ball screens and everything. Does it even really matter whose man is on whose at a certain point? Texas A&M was hunting Mohamed Diara in switches for a lot of the second half and down the stretch anyway. So if that's the matchup that they're going to get to one way or the other is a guard on Mohamed Diara on the perimeter, well, what does it even matter what the other matchups are? And offensively, obviously Carter and Diara, and especially Kobe Brown can space the floor, I just thought we maybe could have gone a little bit more unconventional lineup-wise there against Texas A&M in the second half. Again, just trying some stuff. Once you realized Golston was compromised, again, nobody else is talking about this, so maybe I'm wrong. But to me, to my eyes, it was pretty obvious there was something going on with Golston in the second half. So try something a little different. That would have been my advice and maybe something Missouri should do on Tuesday night against Mississippi State. Because again, if you're going to lose the rebounding battle, you have to get the turnover battle going. Well, I do think that, yeah, if you play those three forwards in that particular lineup, you're probably not going to have as many turnovers, but you should get more rebounds too. So it's kind of a wash, right? I just don't think Missouri has enough depth right now to play a four-guard lineup or even a three-guard lineup for the entirety of the basketball game. Obviously, not one of the most fun games of the season for Mizzou basketball fans, but for Mizzou football fans, it was fun to see Jeremy Macklin and Sean Weatherspoon hanging out courtside together and having a good old time, of course, getting a big ovation from the crowd. And speaking of Mizzou football, Perhaps Missouri's quarterback of the future made his debut on the baseball diamond last night. Of course, I'm talking about Sam Horn. How did he look? The Tigers' big-time victory last night, so let's talk about Sam Horn. But first, got to tell you about Built Bar, because if you're looking for a delicious treat and you don't want all the fat and sugar of all those candy bars that are by the 
by the impulse section of the store, well, you got to try Built Bar because with Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're delicious. So you won't think they're good for you, but you're wrong. Oh, you're so wrong because, well, Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate, but only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a massive 17 grams of protein in every bar. And of course, you can go to Built.com right now to order a box or Sam's and Walmart as well. If you're close to a Sam's, go grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors Brownie batter and churro, and guess what? You can thank me later. Well, Tiger baseball's off to a productive start. Missouri played three games down in Arlington, Texas at Globe Life Field where the Rangers play. Lost the opener to Oklahoma State, but beat Texas 6-5 and then another one-run victory Yesterday against TCU, a big-time comeback victory by the Tigers. In fact, in extra innings, the Tigers gave up some runs early in the ball game, trailing 6-3, and wouldn't you know it, they call Sam Horn into the ball game, and Sam pitches three scoreless innings, gave up one hit, even touched 97 miles an hour, according to the broadcast on one of his strikeouts that I saw. So, obviously, a very impressive debut by the Missouri pitcher and quarterback as well for the Missouri baseball team. But TCU, number 16 in the country at the moment. Texas obviously has really good baseball all the time. So this is an excellent start for Missouri, quite honestly. So good for them. And a big start for Sam Horn on the on the mound as well. Obviously, those three scoreless innings just kind of buoyed the team a little bit, shut down TCU and the Horned Frogs and allowed Missouri to come back in that ball game. So good for Sam, good for the Mizzou baseball team. And if you're worried that this somehow is going to affect Mizzou football in some way, well, don't know really what to tell you there. I think this is Sam having some fun and playing baseball, and I applaud him for that. Maybe he's a major league prospect someday. We shall see. And we shall see if Missouri can pick up a home victory Against Mississippi State tomorrow, got to avoid a three-game losing streak, got to avoid the bubble. I want to stay off of it, stay as far away from it as possible. So I'll have a preview of the Bulldogs game tomorrow. So thanks for joining me, as always, here on Locked on Mizzou. And be sure to check out Locked on College Basketball on YouTube and wherever you get finer podcasts. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou. 